And if those who are helping to read the scriptures would come up this morning. For the last several weeks, we've been listening to the words of the prophets. To the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah, the prophets give words of warning about the direction that society is headed and the inevitable results if things don't change. And this morning, we're going to hear from another prophet, this time from one of only four named female prophets in the Bible. But we're going to hear her words in the context of a story about one of the last kings of the southern kingdom of Judah. So the nation split, Israel in the north, Judah in the south. In fact, he was the last good king of Judah. He was the grandson of a king named Manasseh who did more evil than any king ever had, and he did it for 55 years. So this is why we have term limits. (laughs) Manasseh's son Amon followed in his father's footsteps. In fact, the text says that Amon abandoned the Lord. So Manasseh, who did the most evil, Amon, who who abandoned the Lord. Amon was so bad that he was assassinated by his own servants leaving his eight-year-old son, Josiah, to take over as king of Judah. And Josiah is the king at the center of our story today. All of us are this interesting mixture of being products of our families and also being our own person, aren't we? And to understand what happens in Josiah's story, I wanted you to know that he's the grandson of the worst, most violent, most evil king that Judah ever had. And yet he somehow makes a different choice for his own life. Maybe because he saw and learned from what happened to his father. Maybe he had a faithful mother. The text doesn't tell us why Josiah was good, but he was. And yet some tension Remains between the good actions that Josiah takes and God's response to that. And that's what we need to address today. A quick note for you, this story mentions the book of the law, which we believe is some version of the book of Deuteronomy. So let us listen now in the reading of scripture for the word and the wisdom of God. This is from 2 Kings chapter 22 and 23. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 31 years. His mother's name was Jedidah, and Josiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely in the ways of his ancestor David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. When he was 26, King Josiah sent the palace secretary, whose name was Shaphan, to the temple of the Lord with these instructions. Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, and have him get ready the money that has been brought into the temple of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have collected from the people. Have them entrusted to men appointed to supervise the work on the temple. And have these men pay the workers to repair the temple of the Lord, the carpenters, the builders, and the masons. Also have them purchase timber and stone to repair the temple. They don't need to account for the money entrusted to them, because they are honest in their dealings. And Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. Hilkiah gave it to Shaphan, who read it. And then Shaphan went to the king and reported to him, 
Your officials have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted it to the workers and the supervisors at the temple. And Hilkiah, the priest, has given a book to me. Then Shaphan read the book to King Josiah. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes in grief. He then gave orders to Hilkiah the priest, Shaphan the secretary, and three other trusted servants. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us, because our ancestors have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written there concerning us. So the men went to speak to the prophetess Huldah, who lived in the new quarter of Jerusalem, and she said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Tell the man who sent you to me, this is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster to, on this place and its people, according to everything written in the book of King, the book King of Judah has read. They have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by everything they have done. My anger anger will burn against this place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah, who who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I have spoken, against this place and its people, that they have that they would become a desolation and be laid waste, and because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, I will gather you to your ancestors, and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I am going to bring on this place. So they took her answer back to King Josiah. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, all the people, from the least to the greatest. The king read in their hearing the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep God's commands, statutes, and decrees with all of his heart and all of his soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in the book. And all of the people pledged themselves to the covenant. Then the king gave this order to the people. Celebrate the Passover to the Lord your God, as it is written in this book of the law. Neither in the days of the judges who led Israel, nor in the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah had any such Passover been observed. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was celebrated to the Lord in Jerusalem. Furthermore, Josiah got rid of all the mediums and the spiritists, the household gods, the idols, and all the other detestable things seen in Judah and Jerusalem. This he did to fulfill the requirements written in the book of the law that Hilkiah the priest had discovered in the temple of the Lord. Neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him, who turned to the Lord as he did with all of his heart, with all of his soul, and with all of his strength, in accordance with all of the law. Nevertheless, the Lord did not turn away from the heat of his fierce anger, which burned against Judah because of all that Manasseh had done to arouse God's anger. This is the word of God for all people.
Has anyone here ever tried to make a bargain with God? Or maybe you haven't, but you have a friend who's tried this. You know someone. You know what I'm talking about, right? You say to God, if you'll just heal my loved one, or if you'll just get me this job, then I'll pray every day, or I'll give more money to my church, or something like that. It's not an uncommon thing. People try this. When we are desperate, when things are not going well for us, we try to turn our relationship with God into some kind of transaction, some kind of quid pro quo. Now, part of the reason that we assume this might work is because our sacred text sometimes makes it sound like God blesses people who do the right thing. Deuteronomy sounds like that a lot. Obey God, you get to stay in the land. Disobey God, you get kicked out of the land. Proverbs sounds like this sometimes. Do the right thing, work hard, keep your nose clean, and things will go well for you. Transaction. You give something, you get something comparable in return. But what about the places in the Bible where that's not the case? Job doesn't get what he supposedly deserves, does he? Ecclesiastes, basically, the book, the, bit, the book basically says that life is not fair. That's pretty much the summary of Ecclesiastes. And Psalms is full of complaints about how it's the evil and wicked people who are getting rich. And I think it's brilliant that the Bible contains these two conflicting testimonies. Because that's real life, isn't it? Sometimes we work hard and we get ahead. And sometimes we do the right thing and we don't seem like we get anything in return for that. And our wise and loving God knows this. God knows that this is the experience we're having. And so God, in his kindness and brilliance, has given us this sacred text where we find both experiences represented. I think that's awesome. And the story that we heard this morning is a story that challenges us to do the right thing even when we know we're going to come up short in the transaction. Josiah finds the book of Deuteronomy. He reads all of the laws, many of which had apparently fallen out of usage in Judah. And he realizes that the people are in trouble because they have not been living out their covenant with God. They have not been caring for widows and orphans and foreigners. They have been charging high interest rates and not forgiving debts. They have not been upholding a system that would allow the poor to work at jobs that actually provide for their needs. Their leaders have been corrupt. They have been taking bribes. This is all stuff that is explicitly talked about in Deuteronomy. And this is also the stuff that you would expect to find happening in a society where the people are worshiping idols instead of following God. They're not following God, and you can tell because they're not following the values that God laid out for them. And Josiah reads this, and he knows that they're in for it. 
But just to be sure, he asks the prophetess Huldah to confirm it. Is this legit? Basically, he sends a delegation and says, is this real? And she says, yep, we're screwed. It is too late. It is too late for us to turn this tide. Destruction is coming. The only good news for King Josiah is that he's going to die before it happens, which is not really great news. Not for Josiah and definitely not for everyone else who's left behind. And so what what does Josiah do? Because it would be super tempting to just give up at this point, wouldn't it? To just let the people keep living the way they want to live, worshiping who and how they want to worship. Apparently it's too late anyway, so why bother to try to change anything? Why bother to try to do the right thing? The reason that we do the right thing is because our relationship with God and our existence in God's world is not about transaction. We don't do the right thing because we might get something out of it. We do the right thing because it's right. Not because it's easy, because usually it's not. And not because we're going to be healthier and wealthier on the other side. Because we might not. We do the right thing simply because we are people who have aligned ourselves with Jesus. Jesus did the right thing regardless of what it cost him. And as his followers, we are called to do the same. We do the right thing because we want to be people who do the right thing. We want to be people of integrity. People who reflect the true image of God in a world where God is very frequently misrepresented. God does not owe us anything. Not because God is great and we are not, although I do think that's true. God does not owe us anything because this has never been about transaction. Not in the Old Testament and not with Jesus either. This has always, ever, only been about love, and love is not a transaction. The story of our faith is grounded in the idea that God creates us simply out of enjoyment and gives us the opportunity to live good lives. And when we screw that up, God looks for another way to get through to us. God blesses us, not because we are good, but so we can be a blessing to others. And when we ultimately screw that up, which we all will as individuals and we all have as a culture, as a species, God ultimately takes all the consequences of that into God's self through Jesus. God absorbs all of our innocent mistakes And all of the harm that we intentionally do to ourselves and to each other. And even when it's too late to change the tide of the consequences that we have already set in motion, God finds a way to redeem and restore after that. That's also a promise that Josiah read in the book of Deuteronomy. Because at the end of Deuteronomy, God promises that even if the people are exiled to the end of the earth, God will gather them and bring them back. 
Another reason we do the right thing is because we know that the story God is writing is much bigger than just our one plot line. Our individual lives do matter, but they exist in a larger context of the story of the world and the story of history. It's not just about us. And so even when things don't go the way we want them to, we can trust that God is still up to something beautiful in the world. We won't all get to see how it turns out. But we can trust that we are part of it. It is not about transaction. It is about love. Amen. Amen. As Brian comes back to the piano,